This Women Who Won episode is presented by Entertainment Takeover. Get the latest in entertainment, celebrities, politics, social issues, TV, movie reviews, and more at entertainmenttakeover.com. Or follow them on Instagram at entertainment underscore takeover. This is Women Who Won a podcast that tells the stories of women just like you, or some of you know, from everywhere, every industry and background, who have gone through nearly everything. And throughout the series, we'll be hearing stories from women who are sharing their stories of defeat, resilience, and ultimately success to help inspire, motivate, and cultivate a culture that celebrates not just women, but their victories. In this episode, we hear stories from Renee, Linda, and Nicole, Three women who have built their foundations on faith and an unwavering grit to overcome challenges in their lives that might have broken others. This is Renee. Hi, my name is Renee. I'm 63, I'm married, I have seven children and 15 grandchildren. My children are fathered by two amazing men and we are all a close family. For the last 20 years, I have worked and served survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. I have learned so much about the resilience of the human spirit. I'm convinced that one of the most important factors in a person's life is their self-worth and that they matter. My work consisted of running a shelter, a domestic violence shelter for survivors of domestic violence. I was also on call for crisis calls, which consisted of advocating for victims of sexual assault, domestic violence, traffic fatalities, unattended deaths, and basically comforting and advocating for people during some of the worst traumatic events that a person could imagine. I did that for 20 years, and I loved it. It's what I was called to do. Three years ago, the well, Hand of Grace, was born. Women Empowered Through Love and Living Water. It is a faith-based nonprofit organization. We've been in operation three years. It is my life's work and love serving and helping women and children in crisis. But it also takes a toll on a person, mind, body, heart, and soul. My work ethic motto was do everything in excellence no matter what it takes or how long get her done it is only two of us working at the well and as you might imagine there's more need than there is resources so we stayed pretty busy it was june and we had planned a back to school bash an event that would help about 200 children and families with school supplies backpacks, and other resources. The morning of the event, my blood pressure shot through the roof, and I had to make a trip to the hospital. And shortly afterwards, I had my very first panic attack and eventually developed anxiety issues. It changed my life. I didn't know what a monster that anxiety and depression was. I had never experienced it. I was afraid, something that I always prided myself in. I'm not scared of anything. 
my daughter had to take me to the store. I couldn't drive. I lost weight. Um, it was a nightmare. I developed insom insomnia. I stopped going to church. I stopped going to work. Um, I didn't know what it was. I went to doctors. They prescribed all types of medication. But when I read the side effects, I said, I can't do that. Because the side effects were worse than what I was experiencing. And so I went the holistic route. I went to two holistic doctors and found out that I had deficiencies in my uh, vitamin Bs and vitamin Ds. And so I followed their orders and I started taking the vitamins and prayer. People were praying for me and I could feel I could feel their prayers. And what it spoke to me, one of the things that it spoke to me is that people live every day in pain, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain, and they survive it. And so that gave me strength knowing that people that were in much worse condition than I was were praying for me. And so I started praying for them. I have a family that is so supportive and I have friends and family and a board of directors that just nurtured me, loved me, and I am well on my way to recovery. I have since returned to work part-time. You see, I, I believe that the reason why the Lord allowed that to happen, because I, I, I know that nothing just happens, there's purpose in everything. And he told me several times, slow it down, take a break, take care of yourself, drink water. Yeah. And I said, I will, Lord, I, I'm going to slow down right after I finish this. You see, several years ago, I also had a stroke. And it was during that time that I was keeping the same pace as I, am, as I was six months ago. And so sometimes that the scripture that always comes to my mind is when he says, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. You see, I was doing God's work. But I said, like a friend of mine said, I got it from here, Daddy. I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. And he said, no, it's my work. And it's only through my strength that you can do anything. For without me, you can do nothing. I'm sitting on my front porch, as you might be able to hear the birds, and the sun is shining and the wind is blowing, and this is where I meet him most often. And this is where the recording is taking place. The one thing, it made sense when I said that he allowed this for a purpose. The one thing that I think about is I have sat with many women and children that were in crisis, horrific crisis. And I never once knew anything about anxiety. I wouldn't have recognized it if, they, if it had to hit me in the face. But now I know that there are several people that sit before me that have, have experienced it. And so now it has made me a better advocate because I can talk about it. I can share it because at one time, when I figured out what this was, I was ashamed. A friend of mine, a cousin of mine said, why didn't you tell me? 
And I said, because I was ashamed. You know, there's, there's shame connected with when the weakness. Uh, and, it's, and it wasn't. It's not. It's just that your nervous system, you, you take on so much and there's so much going on that your body says, okay, no more. No more. I need to rest. And so I will be a better advocate. And I will be able to help more women and children because I'm studying it. I'm studying what this anxiety thing is. You know, um, the world is in a state of anxiety right now. Our world is changing day by day. Social media and, and the things that are happening in the schools and in the world, people are anxious. I, I also recognize that there are several top Christian leaders that have written books and, and preached messages and lessons on anxiety. The scripture that blessed my soul and, and took me through this time was be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. That is how I have made it through this time. And I'm, and I'm still going through it, but I'm so much better. Uh, even being able to, to do this recording when I first started, my stomach was in a knot. But now it's not. I'm sitting on my front porch and I'm hoping that the women and the men that listen to this will understand that God can do anything and he loves us so much. He walks through the fire with us. He walks through the waves and the, and the storms. He's there and that is the only way that I've made it. The people that love me and support me and my God, my Lord, he said, I'm with you. There's nothing impossible. And so I, I, when people say, how are you? I say, I am healed and I am healing day by day. And I know that every day that I wake up and put my feet on the floor, I've won. I've won. And I thank God for it. Amen. This is Linda's story. Hi, my name is Linda. I'm 70 years young. I'm a mother of three, a grandmother of five, and a great-grandmother of three. I was born in West Texas. Midland, dry heat, tumbleweeds, and sandstorm. It was around the time we had to sit in the balcony of the one movie theater in the city, and we went to an all-black school. I was a part of a close-knit family. Now, we were far from perfect. We had our disagreements like most families do, but we stood strong together against anything that came against us. Then and now, I was the oldest of five, three brothers and a sister. The years passed and I graduated high school. Two years after that, I got married. It was a very abusive marriage. Through all the dark clouds and storms, I was blessed with a light. Two daughters. The abuse started before we were married, but like most of us, quote unquote, in love, we think we can change that. That, however, is the worst thing to think. 
After our second daughter was born, we were at a family birthday, and my husband came to the party with loud accusations, which were not true, and physically abused me by dragging and kicking me in front of the parents and children. He was always sorry later. We invited his parents and family to help us celebrate our new home with a family dinner. And for no reason, he went off again, and his father had to stop him. At this time, he made the statement that if he had a gun, he would kill me. That made me open my eyes and realize this man was seriously capable of killing me because he was so very angry. After five years, I grew sick and tired of being sick and tired. I moved back home with my parents. I got a job at the phone company, and I worked because we had to survive. A few years later, I met a military man, fell in love, and got married. This, too, turned out to be an abusive marriage. This wasn't physical abuse. This was mental and emotional. This kind of abuse touches your soul. It changes you. I worked to put him through college. After he finished, he considered himself too good for me. When he went to school functions, he didn't include me. He always made me feel like I wouldn't fit in and that I was not intelligent enough. He started going out at night and let his lady friends drop him off in front of the house. Once I heard him on the phone making plans to meet one of his students. He taught junior high school and was a track coach, so I knew that this was a bad situation for all of us, but especially the underage student. One of his women friends called, and after I answered and he wasn't there, we talked. She apologized to me because she was told he lived with his sister and was not married. She said if she had known that their affair would not have happened because she remembered what a similar relationship had done to her mother. He was a very heavy drink and alcoholic. He was also very unfaithful. Because of the mental aspect of the abuse, I stayed in the marriage far longer than I should have because I was, quote, unquote, in love. Through this dark storm, I was blessed with another light, this time a son. Once again, I got out. Only this time, I didn't just take my kids and leave. I also took bitterness and resentment. I promised that myself that I would never get married again. Seasons continued to change. Time continued to pass. I became involved with another man, a married man. Now, here I went from sitting at home waiting while my husband was out with another woman to being out with a man while he was his wife was sat at home waiting. Ironic, isn't it? I didn't care. There was no commitment, no promises to make or break. This went on for about 11 years. I finally realized I was still unhappy. The end of this story had already been written. There's no mystery. There would be no happy ending, so I ended it. After the years and the relationships, the people I thought would make me happy, I realized only I can make me happy. Because who knows me better than I do? By now, my kids were grinding off doing their own thing, so I decided it was time for me to do my own thing. I stayed in a few different apartments, mostly on the southwest side of Houston. I worked, even began going to church, which made me feel good inside. I hustled, I grinded, and I prayed. I finally did something that I'd been waiting to do for a long time. I got a house.
my house. With my older daughter back in West Texas and my other two kids spread throughout Houston, I didn't see them as much as I'd hoped to. But when I did, it was always love. The only thing that hurts is that through this transition of mine, I lost my backbone, my beautiful mother. After she passed, I felt pain, but that pain only made me more determined to overcome because now I've become a backbone. I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel because that light shines from within me. My kids are still growing, have had kids of their own, and spending time with them and my grandkids and great-grandkids is hard to be bitter. I've even changed my view on marriage. I'm actually open to that happy ending after all. I have no regrets for my past because my past has made me envision a brighter and happier future. There is no limit to what I can accomplish with renewed determination. And finally, we get to hear from Nicole. Five years ago, my life changed drastically. Uh, on Mother's Day, I was out and about celebrating my day. Uh, on the way out of bingo, I uh, had problems breathing had pain in my chest. So I went to the ER to get it checked out because I've never experienced any of this before. Over the years, I had gained weight, most likely from stress and other problems that I hadn't dealt with. Uh, in this particular time, I was... Um, being re relocated from a job I had to another place of business with the new owners. Uh, what wasn't really feeling the change or knowing what was going to happen. Uh, prior to this, I had lost my stepson. I had my grandmother was sick. It was a lot of stuff building up. My daughter was pregnant. Um, just many things piling on top of each other. So I went to the doctor. They checked my uh, chest, did my blood pressure, did my vitals. They um, came to that I wasn't having a heart attack, but I was, my blood pressure was extremely high and that I was not going home. I was admitted to the hospital. I was kept in ICU for the first two weeks for, uh, I was in the hospital for totally about a month. And this was my first time in the hospital really since having children. So I was scared. Didn't know what to expect. Didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, they finally got the right medicine together to 
get my blood pressure under control. But by this time, my, my high blood pressure had shut my kidneys down. So I was in end-stage renal failure. So from there, I had to get a fistula in my arm so I can start dialysis. Had to get a catheter, catheter in my chest until the fistula healed so I could do dialysis. I started dialysis in the hospital. Not a wonderful feeling. I've known people on dialysis. Um, but never thought I would have to experience it myself. Some days is better than others. Some days uh, you just want to give up and just stop and just say, forget it. Is it worth it? <clears throat> but you think about the people that are here, the people that's dependent on you, and are really not ready to stop living. So, uh, I continued with the dialysis. I continue with it still because I'm still on it. Uh, I go three times a week. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Uh, but I learned to adjust my life accordingly and still live to the fullest of my ability. During the time that I got sick, I lost a lot. A lot of people walked away. A lot of people that I've been there and totally gave my life to just walked away or cut ties, thought uh, I was a liability. It wasn't worth for them to keep me. So I've lost a marriage that maybe I should have lost before the sickness. Uh, I lost a job in both of these. The job in the marriage was 20 years plus relationships. But they didn't think it was worth it to keep them. I had to give up a home. And I tried hard to keep it. But you know, sometimes you have to walk away from things for something better to come along. And in the time that I was in the hospital, <clears throat> my relationship with God got stronger. It had to. He was the only one that was there that I could talk to in the middle of the night. The only one I could cry to and pray to in the middle of the night. And he turned things around for me. He changed my way of thinking about things. He showed me that I need to take care of me. And I need to put him back where he's supposed to be. That's the only way that things is going to get better. You have to believe that you are sitting here for a reason. Not just to walk through life. You have to believe that there is something greater than you. That's controlling you. 
And I believe that God is in control of all things. I believe that I had to go through this to get to where I am. Um, For me to look at people differently. For me to see life differently. To not just exist. (laughs) Even though I, I lost the marriage, a job, a house... I had to start over. And then that starting over, I found me again. And I have given up so much that it was hard to find myself. Hard to be happy with me because I I was so disgusted with the things I had done in order to keep people and and the people that I gave so much up for walked away. So, I mean, then you have the the kids that, I mean, you give your life to your kids. And they grow up and they have their own lives to live. So, I was in a different place again. Trying to search for something, trying to search to find myself because it was just me and for all this time I had other stuff that I could direct my attention and focus on and do other things I was needed by other people and now those other people was gone so I go to dialysis I am fortunate and blessed to be able to go to dialysis, um, still work a full-time job. (laughs) And after I was laid off from the 20 plus years job, I, I found another job in a different, totally different field. I'm a caregiver for the elderly and it is fulfilling but it can also be hard (coughs) because um, I I do work in the hospice house and most of my patients pass eventually and you know you, you get to know them and laugh with them and get into their lives and and they go but I feel maybe I am the last face they are supposed to see uh, that I'm giving them some joy and making them feel comfortable during their last times and I try to treat them like I would want to be treated in the case that I was in their situation. I don't believe in mistreating people when they cannot help themselves. I don't believe in getting revenge on people who have done me badly. Uh, I don't want another person's actions to change who I am. And for the most part, I am trying to do 
what God has sent me here to do, and that's to love and help other people. I have started my life over. I am not in the house, I'm in an apartment, but I am loving it. I don't have all the upkeep. It's easier for me, especially with me going to dialysis. Uh, I started school. I've been in school. I've also attained my associate's degree. And now I'm working on my bachelor's. Uh, I don't have to worry about if something's breaking in the house, how can I afford it or how can I keep up with it? I can just make a phone call to the apartment maintenance people and they come fix it. I am learning to take time off for me, take care of myself, travel, have fun, spend it with the family and the people who want to be around me and who love me unconditionally. I have a wonderful family and I, I I can say that I'm at peace. Stress is not a big piece of my life. I mean, I, I, I have some stress, of course we all do, but for the most part I have, I am enjoying my life. And I have a full plate <laughs> in spite of dialysis. I am on two kidney lists, waiting on kidneys. Um, I go to school. I work a full-time job. I have my grandchildren and my daughter <clears throat> that I help with. I am big in my grandchildren's life. I try to be there for every occasion except when I'm traveling and taking time for me. Um, and I mean, not not too long after <laughs> um, dialysis and I started traveling and, you know, uh, taking vacations, living my life. I was in a car accident. Um, it was a five-car accident. <laughs> Hit a wall in on the freeway. Um, Totaled the car that I had at the time. Um, but I walked away with that with a broken arm still had my life, still was able to do everything. So in each instance where there was uh, adversity, came out some good. It's a positive side to everything, I believe. You just have to believe in it. So, I mean, and then during that time after the accident, shortly, they laid me off. So I was laid off, no job, 
no car, no way to find a job, but God. I I use my disability, uh, unemployment. And so when I was unemployed, and I, I can't tell you how, but uh, he worked it out. I was able to rent a car for the about six months that I was off on an unemployment check and still able to live a life that was comfortable for me. And he blessed me with that. He blessed me with every. Didn't know how I was going to pay for the rental car every 30 days. But every 30 days, I had the money to do it. I began paying my tithes again on unemployment. Didn't know where my next, where my next thing was coming from, but I paid it. And he blessed me with another job. He blessed me with a better car. And right now, I'm, I can't complain about my life. Not one bit. I am where God wants me to be. And I am going to take the time and enjoy it until he moves me to the next place he wants me to be. I am happy. I am loved. I'm enough, I'm victorious, and I'm winning. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes. This episode was produced by Trevion Roseberry, Kareem Smith, and a whole bunch of amazing women. Keep an eye out for our next episode. And until then, be phenomenal.